Why you gotta be so creepy for? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? You're lucky this is a podcast and people can't see your face. <laughs> they won't get. Here yet. we go. Round eight? Seven? I don't know. Eight? You're the, this is your podcast. It's your job to remember how many episodes we have. It's probably like the eighth, I think. Let's go with eighth. Eight. Hmm. <laughs> what do you look like? <laughs> because it. So act like you haven't had liquor before. <laughs> I have not had liquor in one day. <laughs> I said that way too soon. So here we are. Here back we are. Again. In, in the house. In the house in podcast land. Podcast land. Drinking our Angel's Envy. Yeah. So let's talk about stuff. <laughs> nice intro. Hey. I thought I had a nice intro for you, but. All right. Let's hear yours. If yours was so much better. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Nene here with Taz on Taz Knows Podcast. Why do I sound extra ghetto? It's not a hip hop. All right. <laughs> So, 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 how was that talk with Dan Severn? I already said my part. My part is already on YouTube. Do you have a YouTube channel? Hey, you're so funny. <laughs> you're so funny. I forgot how funny you are. I'm serious. Yes, yes. We heard you. Director, producer. Awesome. Yes. Um, so. No, it was cool. Uh, it was, it was stressful and fun. And easy and difficult all at the same time. All of that happened at the same time. I mean, you did look like a plastic bag. Nah, I mean, you go from talking to your students and talking to you to talking to a UFC Hall of Famer and not much of a, believe it or not, much of a speaker, a public speaker. We talked a little bit about this last week, just us. Um, but talking in front of people kind of gets me on a certain level of I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what to do with my hands kind of thing. Even though you're a coach. Even you... though I'm a coach. But that's different because then I'm in the zone and I'm talking with my hands because I'm demonstrating. I was like, all right, keep your hands up here. Throw here. Throw here. Lower your level. Shoot in. Well, the podcast is I can't do those things. And when I'm talking to someone, and especially someone in the, the ranks of someone like Dan Severn, it's just, what do I do with my hands? And he, he made things easy because he's such a good storyteller. Yes. But at the same time, because I'd like to also have an idea of where I'm going when I'm talking to people. Like, I like to, to kind Guide. of have, have somewhat of control of the conversation. Mm. But because I get halfway through a question and he'd start telling a story, and then his the, the answers that he gave led into another part of his life that I wasn't ready to get to at that moment, which mm. made me feel like I either had to steer the conversation in a different direction or just steer into it and go with what he just said. So it was kind of hard in that sense, you know, but it was it was my first talk with someone that's at that level and with a great storyteller. Was, like I said, is anytime Dan was with us, we got to spend two days with him now, uh, once in April, once uh, the last time he was here and just talking to him is just, it's easy to talk to, it makes you feel like super comfortable. 
But then that was my, 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 I was a little bit confused because, see, we spent plenty of time talking to I can't see you him. confused. <laughs> That's my natural state of being, right? <laughs> my fucker. Anyway, no, what I'm saying is that he's been here before. We talked yeah. to him before. Yeah. You've had serious conversations with him before. Mm-hmm. And so with this podcast, you made it seem like this was your first time. I guess I should clarify what I'm like talking to him. With a camera staring at us oh, and so you a get microphone with attached, a I do. Kind of like what we're doing now as we're recording your podcast with a camera. Oh yeah, because it's not even my camera that's recording. I don't know why. This Who, is my camera. Why are we? You're we're stealing, recording. You're stealing my content. Yeah, I'm stealing your content for my content. Oh. Yeah, I'm just taking footage of your face right now. Are you uncomfortable? Hello, you guys should see his ugly face right now. But you guys won't. But follow Nene's stuff, and maybe you'll see it. <laughs> nice. This is how we're trapping you to follow both okay. of us on social media. <laughs> but no, seriously though, like I can, I know that you're more confident than that. Yeah, I just no. thought you were a little bit like nervous. No, I was. It's freaking. It's that siren. I know, but he's very, he's very chill. He's very chill. Yeah, he's but very... I think because. You didn't know exactly who he was coming into it. Oh, maybe that's why. And I've known who he was since before I got into MMA because he was in the mm. WWF. Mm. You know, so I, I, I've i heard his name for a lot of years. And when I got into MMA, obviously, he's one of the OGs. Mm-hmm. So I watched his stuff. I've watched his fights when I got into it and stuff. And his style is very much a style that I like as a former wrestler myself. Mm. Like, it felt like I liked watching... The Dan Severns, the Dan Hendersons of the world, the Randy Couture's, mm-hmm. because their style was just so relatable to me mm-hmm. that I enjoyed watching those guys, you know. So to have him now come to the gym, you know, and then we had the whole thing. We didn't get it on camera, but I was wearing a, a Roots of Fight t-shirt and we sat down for the thing and he's like, where's your logo? Yep. We can't we can't do this until <laughs> so we're scrambling to find a shirt because I didn't bring my shirt. I had the rash guard and I wasn't planning on on jumping in when he was teaching the class, but uh, he taught something that I I really liked, mm-hmm. so I decided to jump in with the guys and I got sweaty and stuff and then I was like, mm. you know, so I ended up using one of Carlos' shirts I think and yeah, I thought that was very embarrassing. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> and he's like, we're not doing this since we have your logo. Yeah, on. that I was, was like, like, thank. You then, Severin, you're actually you're one hundred percent right. I don't know why you were repping somebody else instead of your own brand. Good job. So that that was an interesting start to the podcast. But you know, it was just it's he he knows what he's talking about and he's yeah. he's very much a person that cares and you know, I, I think he sensed my nervousness a little mm-hmm. bit and he, that's why he's trying to continue uh, with continue the conversation and make me feel as, as comfortable as possible and stuff and then it was just not knowing where to where to end it, how to end it. We don't have a timer going. And, you know, I had him for a certain amount of time. So I didn't want to... I'm sure he wouldn't have minded going over the time that we had agreed on. But Right. Because one of the things that I, I noticed about yourself, because you, you've said that you've been wanting to do future podcasts with other wrestlers, yeah. um, fighters and stuff. But then you said you, said you want to <clears throat> get comfortable with doing this podcasting. Yeah. But uh, you already spoke to a UFC Hall of Famer. He's a pro wrestling and UFC Hall of Famer. So, I was like, at what point do you need to get comfortable enough to say, hey, I want to speak to this one individual and I'm going to be fine with it? Well, that's the thing. I think after this one, it's just now being able to do it. 
mm-hmm. and just like there's no going back now it's no. like once we've done it we've done it we've gotten Dan Severance so now it's like we've talked about people that I would want to talk to like kind of in the the near future and then the moderate future and then the little bit further distant future um, and just getting a hold of this thing this I, right now making it a routine you know we're going to be doing this weekly now so it's finding that routine getting comfortable with it the setups and all that stuff and once we start the conversations fine i hate the intros and i hate the outros i feel so awkward with both of those but once we get into the bulk of it things are fine but yeah, it's just it's because and, and that's the thing like when i watch you know the or listen to the podcast that i listen to i, I usually don't listen, Who you from, listen to uh i listen okay. to a lot of joe rogan stuff um and then a lot of wrestling podcasts with um Eric Bischoff, 83 Weeks, and then uh, Bruce Pritchard's Something to Wrestle With. Mm-hmm. But I only listen to like the clips on YouTube. That they okay. put little clips of the segments that I'm interested in. Yeah. So very rarely do I listen from beginning to end of podcast. So I don't hear the intros and outros. Mm. And my mind is like, especially if they're going to be talking about a specific topic, it was like mm-hmm. I clicked on it for a reason. Right. So I know that's what we're talking, that's what they're going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, like, you don't have to say it because... I clicked on it because it's in the title. Right. You know, so that's kind of how I feel about things and stuff. I know it's, it's like, weird, but... No, I mean, you just like to already get to the point. And that's the type of person that you've been. Yeah. You're never that type... See, even when we talk about anything with Carla, with Lily, with anybody, Mm -hmm. we always go straight to the point. And that's when I first met you. You're, like, you're not that type of person that does small talk. Yeah. You're not, like, going to go around the bush to talk for things. You're just going to say them exactly how it is. And that's what you do with your podcast. You're like, okay, uh, we can just wing it, but then again, something's going to come up. You yeah. know? So it's like, it's all yeah. right that you don't like intros and you don't have to introduce yourself. People are going to listen to yeah, you and because of you. That was the thing like with Dan Severn and stuff. Yeah. It was like, it, people know who knew. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't. You guys didn't know who Dan Severn was right. and stuff. But the majority of people that would be listening to something or looking for something like that is because they're interested. Because right. once, once I did the podcast with Dan because we recorded it it was a few weeks ago and it just came up last week yeah but we recorded it a few weeks ago after leading up to that and then after that I was watching some of the previous podcasts that he had done and interviews that he's done and stuff so now my YouTube starts shooting up right. like oh listen to this listen to this listen to this with Dan Seven. Dan Seven shoots on Ken Shamrock Dan mm-hmm. Seven talks about Vince McMahon and stuff you know so yeah all those things started popping up, so that's where it's kind of like, okay, anyone else that's watching those videos, hopefully, are now are going to start seeing this one, because it's, what, we had, I think, 48 minutes, I think, is the, the YouTube yeah, video. Yeah, it's like 40-something, so, yeah. Something with him, you know, so hopefully that thing just keeps going, and I'm sure Dan will be back. We have a, we're building a really good relationship with him, so. That's awesome. So, based on the conversation that you guys had, what was the, what stood out to you the most? There's there's a lot you know. Uh, talked a lot, lot of things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, and, and for me it's hard to think, remember because I have a hard time watching my stuff back too because I hate the sound of my voice. Uh, uh, so person. I haven't watched what was actually on the podcast. Thanks. Um, I'm sure you did a good job with the editing. <laughs> good job. <laughs> I've uh, heard good things about your Thanks. editing. No, but because like everything blends in with the things that I talked about with him on the podcast, and then the things that we talked about during lunch and. You know, as we were just hanging out and stuff. But, you know, the biggest things was, and the things that we've talked about was that the lonely road to success and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, because the 11 years that I've been doing MMA, I've lost a lot of friends. I've done, you know, jumped around from group to group of friends trying to find 
you know, where's my place in, in the world outside of the gym and stuff, you know, and it, it is difficult, you know, because you miss family events, you miss friends events and stuff, yeah. you know, so to hear someone like him and, you know, someone that I look up to like that, go through something similar and be successful and still have his family and stuff, that mm-hmm. gives a lot of hope that, all right, I'm on the right track, you mm. know, so... And then the other one was the one, the other one you talk about, it either makes dollars or it makes sense, mm. you know, because that's also the way that I've lived is like I, I've, outside of wrestling and MMA, another big interest of mine is business, mm-hmm. you know, so I love learning about the business side of, of things, you know, that's essentially why I'm still a, a WWE fan. I understand what WWE is, but I'm interested in the business side of things now, you know, yeah. so why they do things, how they do things all interest me and stuff so for him it makes dollars or it makes sense not like the yeah. pennies but it makes sense logically there's something that stuck out for me a lot too. yeah i can i can tell how you could relate to him because you were the one that um the kind of suggested a patreon for me mm-hmm. because you're like okay you're putting a lot of content out there you're not getting paid for it why not start mm-hmm putting content uh, content out there that people want to see mm-hmm. and then get paid for it. Yeah. It's just five bucks. Like, it's like for now, it means like, oh, nothing. But over time, you, you know, know and, it, it could grow. Five bucks adds up with you ha- when you have enough people. And I yeah. learned that from my dad, kind of the opposite, because mm-hmm. I would, you know, I would buy something for five bucks. And he's like, those five bucks are going to add up. Yeah. If you fi- spend those five bucks every day, there's 30 days, you're going to be spending a lot of money on those five buck things. Yeah. You know, so I kind of learned it the inverse. So I was like, if it works that way, it's going to work the other way. If you make five bucks per person and mm-hmm. then there's a hundred people and you, they're all consuming the same content, you're working, you're putting the same amount of work in. Yeah. That's going to raise your monetary value. You know, yeah. so. Did that make sense? I, I like, I like what he said about that too, mm-hmm. because in other words, it kind of sounds like he's not just in it for whatever. Like, he does things with purpose. Yeah. And he's not just going to put his time and invest. Like, he's not going to invest his time and money into something that he knows is not going to be worthwhile. Worth mm-hmm. So, that's kind of how we we do in martial arts, where we do things with purpose. Mm-hmm. We're just not going to do stuff just because of whatever. Like, you need to have a goal. You need to have something in mind, an intention, right? Yeah. So that's why I saw him, and he reaffirmed everything. And I was like, that's how you live your life. Mm-hmm. You do things not just because the heck of it, you know. The investment that you put into the people at the gym, the fighters, um, just the, your coaching and your coaches like Carla, and and just your students, that just means that you're doing something for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And it either needs to make sense or it needs to make money. Yeah. You know, and at this point, like, you don't do things for money, but you do them because they make sense. Yep. And it shows. And that's what we talked about with you years ago when, like, before we got close and stuff, and you would be going through the stuff that you're going through, and just like, yeah. I always told you, you're going to pay me back one day. You're going to pay me back one day. And I just told you, I never meant that Pay you back physically. Yeah, because yeah, I thought I was like, I owe you stuff. <laughs> I don't know what to give you. And no, but I'm even, broken. you know, just like, <laughs> stuff like this, and, yeah. you know, and the training and stuff. So that's that's what i meant by it yeah okay it's that it's the value mm-hmm. right you see the value mm-hmm. into somebody and then you just invest the time and effort exactly that makes sense so specifically like with the now that you have done that podcast and after that 
that um, podcast that we did, we went to Vegas. And yes, we did. <laughs> you've been in Vegas before, right? Yeah, uh, when I turned 21. I went with my 21. parents and my cousin. So it's been like, what? Nine, nine years. Nine years since you've been to Vegas. Almost, nine, almost exactly nine years. Right. If we're being technical, mm-hmm. eight years and 11 months. <laughs> right. Almost to the day, because I think we left on like the... the what day did we leave? For my twenty, my twenty first birthday landed on a Sunday, so that was twenty third, twenty second. We left on the twenty first. We left on the twenty first. Nine years ago. Okay. So now we left on. I think it was the twentieth that we left. Mm. So it was almost exactly a month before. And it was for one weekend. Yep, we left. Uh, we got there Friday, and we left on Monday. Same thing. <laughs> That's nice. Same thing. So, how was, like. Talk to me about throughout that process because you know this is something that was different that you posted on social media. Yeah, so because like with me, once once I started with MMA, you know, because I had I had started MMA already when I went to Vegas the first time. Mm-hmm. I went to I, I was with Victory. I was I think approaching my first year mm-hmm. training at Victory. Um, you know, so I was into it and I was. You know, I already started helping with the kids' classes and stuff. And I think I was already even helping with the basic class. Dang, you were doing all that? You were mm-hmm. barely 20 years old? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yep. What and was I then. in my life? <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. Never mind. <laughs> that don't be, that don't, I think that's, no, we don't want to know that. That's a podcast of there its own. Hey, <laughs> I'll take it back. <laughs> um, you know, I was approaching my first year, so I was, I was still... It was before, before I fought, so I was still very hungry in the sport and stuff I went, went, the first time I went to Vegas I went to Randy Couture's gym um, to go to get a day of training in and stuff mm. you know but then obviously from then until now a lot of things have changed you know and I, I run the gym now and coaching people I've got to handle the business side of things I got to you know I'm teaching most of the classes and stuff Yeah. you know so for me it almost became like vacation was something that I didn't want to do because of the idea of leaving the gym or closing the gym or mm-hmm. just not being there is just and then the mental stress that I feel when I can't control something or when I yeah. can't do something for the gym it was just for me it wasn't worth it so I didn't like going on vacations you know with this one it was uh, WWE SummerSlam was in Vegas and so I was like ah. you know there's four WWE events that I always wanted to go Wrestlemania SummerSlam the Royal Rumble Survivor Series mm-hmm. I went to Wrestlemania in 2006 and that was it. So mm. I was like, I got three more. Is that the one that you and Carla went to? No, this was way... That was 15. Oh, that was way... Yeah, oh, was yeah, yeah, okay. 15 when that I went to WrestleMania. Um, so I always wanted to go back to Vegas. Mm-hmm. And then with SummerSlam being in Vegas, and then, you know, Goldberg's one of my, my old school guys that I looked up to when I was a kid, and he was going to be there. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, let's just do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it turned out to be a lot because then I, I saw the value of taking time off, you know, and just not thinking about the gym for even just a weekend because it was just a Friday through Monday kind of thing. Because that was another thing, too. It's like ever since I met you, you never took days off. Mm-hmm. You were always at the gym. Mm-hmm. You let the gym like all day, every mm-hmm. day. And it's like. For for me to know that you're gonna go to Vegas, like yeah, you're actually <laughs> taking some time off for yourself. Yeah, but then it's like either that or you just overwork mm-hmm. and you just burn yourself out. And you know you're always teaching or you're always showing on social media. You show it with actions that 
you need, you need to learn how to take your breaks. Mm-hmm. You need to learn how to balance your life. And somehow, I mean, you were not you were not doing that. Like you were yeah. overworking yourself. And that's been a problem that I've had for a while. You know, yeah. so to to take this trip was, you know, we experienced the first day. It was kind of like a, what is this? You mm-hmm. know, and then it was just finding that the flow, the flow of just relaxing <laughs> and and learning how to learning how to navigate and deal with with vegas you know and vegas is a fun place it's just it was it was something that i didn't know that i needed as much as i until i did it you know and a lot of it is what we talked about in the past is that mental break yeah you know you know because physically it was like all right i'm gonna say we drank we drank a lot and then Mm -hmm. there wasn't a lot I think the whole weekend I got a total of maybe six or eight hours of sleep amongst all, all three days and stuff, <laughs> mm-hmm. all three nights, you know. So it wasn't too much of a physical break, but that mental break of just not having to think of, you know, how am I going to run this class, you know, because I do have, you know, the the curriculums written out and set and planned out, yeah. you know, but based on who's in the class, I'll tweak it a little bit based on what the, the class needs. So I'm always watching and observing and tweaking the class, you know, so yeah. Not have to do that for a few days was was definitely something that felt good. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad because I this is where I I was like I want to go because I've been wanting to go since my birthday. I graduated and everything. Yeah, the pandemic put a big the freaking pandemic, <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, you want to go to SummerSlam? Hey, can I go too? <laughs> like I just put myself in there. No, but I like I said, I haven't really seen you at your like most flow state mm-hmm. in a while because mm-hmm. you're always working you're always, yeah you know your mindset yeah you're always <laughs> stressing yeah always you know? tense always tense and you look like a plastic bag and that's when i mean with the plastic bag you look like a stuffed plastic bag you know like those okay never mind <laughs> so <laughs> I, I didn't i don't know if you guys get it but no, like seriously, it was it was just nice to see that you're you were able to be yourself fully. Mm-hmm. You know, remember what we talked about? Like we said, we were gonna be ourselves, no judgment, just relax mm-hmm. and have fun. And that's what I saw, and I was like, okay, that's good. I'm, I'm happy for you. And that itself is is work for me because it's I'm always thinking of I, like even with this thing, it's like okay, it takes me a while. Yeah, what do I say? How am I supposed to sound? Are my vocals okay? You sound like a. <laughs> Sounds so proper. So professional, pinky in the air kind of thing. Okay, yes. <laughs> you know, so it takes me a while to kind of just relax and, and let loose. Like, I've gone to two chiropractors that told me, like, you don't know how to relax. I was like... Ooh, he told you that? I know I don't know how to relax. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but yeah, to, ha- to have that, to go to Vegas. And it was the first time that I traveled. It took me 29 years to do it, almost 30 years to do it. But I finally traveled without, you know, my family and stuff. It was just learning how to deal with airports and airport mm. security and all that stuff, you know. So it was it was it was an experience that I didn't know that I needed as much as I did until it happened. Yeah. You know, so Do you feel like you kinda of reset? Yeah. I felt totally relaxed when I came back. Um you know, I was back at the gym. We came back on Monday. No, yeah, Monday night into yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. So technically Tuesday morning. Um, I took the morning class off, but then I was back in the gym Tuesday. Tuesday did evening. it happen to you? Because it happened to me that I missed him and me. I did. <laughs> <laughs> you did, motherfucker. I did because I like training. 
And when I take that amount of time, like I took what it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Monday, I was like, mm-hmm. I'm ready to go back to training. Yeah. Um, but it could be because you have, like you say, the coaching mindset, the curriculums. And I, I, was, I was getting to the point. I think I started at one point. I started like bouncing around. I think it was the, la- the, the, the last day we were at the pool. I think I started mm-hmm. just kind of bouncing around and just kind of rocker shuffling a little bit in the pool. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that's what I tend to do when I feel, you know, a little bit loose and relaxed and stuff and just get back into that flow state. But, mm-hmm. you know, it was... I, I missed kind of like the, because it's been so long since I've just been able to train because now I got to think about curriculums. I got to run the mm. classes. I got to, you know, do the business side of things, you know. So for me now, MMA is is a whole different thing for me now. Mm. You know, obviously training, yeah, I missed it. I felt, physically, I felt weird. It could have been the alcohol. It could have been the lack of sleep. <laughs> as, you know, I felt, I felt like that skinny kid again, you know, because I wasn't working out. Mm. You know, so I did feel like I wanted to work out a little bit um, in that sense, you know, mm. but in my mind, it was like I set myself some rules. Of, I was like, all right, don't check your bank account and, <laughs> you know, yeah. and don't don't think MMA, you know, mm-hmm. it was the original idea of going was because of SummerSlam, you know, so, mm-hmm. I was, you know, getting back into just the stuff that I looked at my phone and social media was was wrestling related stuff mm-hmm. as opposed to MMA related stuff. Okay. You know, just to just to have that reset. Because if I overthink MMA, I start it's, it starts feeling like work for me. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing that <clears throat> I don't think I'll, I'll be able to fully understand until I don't know when. But I mean, my YouTube is a lot of MMA stuff already, and then yeah. sometimes I do feel like I I need to take a break on the weekends mm-hmm. to find myself again. See, you know, just kind of yeah, yeah, reset my brain. And just enjoy my presence and then go back to it like over the weekend stuff. But mm-hmm. like that concept when you said like MMA feels like work sometimes. It's like, like how is that? And that's why I don't watch a lot of UFC anymore. Because um, mm. it's just always kind of going in coach mode. Okay, what would I do if that was my fighter? Like how would I get him out of this? Mm. Or how would we finish the fight? What could he have done better? You know, if I'm cheering for someone and he lost, how, how could he have done better? What should he have done to... To do that you know so is this why you don't engage in MMA conversations with people that don't do MMA yeah <laughs> that's exactly what it is they don't know what they're talking about that's Ooh. exactly what it is you know because it's like punch you should have punched him harder I was like well there's a reason he didn't punch him harder you know okay. and and for me is you know the coach brain is kind of analyzing why like was it was he hurt was he fatigued was he mentally not there was he scared like there's was he nervous you know there's so many factors that just I want to know why that fighter didn't perform the way that they should have. Mm. You know, so I'm always analyzing that sense of it. It's not just like the strategies and he should have stepped here and thrown here. It was like, all right, what was going on in that fighter's head? Mm. You know, so that's that's work. That's a lot of work to figure stuff out like that. You know, it's real easy to say you should have punched him here. But it's like, I'm not going to judge a fighter's lack of movement, lack of punching him because I don't know what the strategy was going in. I don't know what his coach told him the strategy was because strategy is going to dictate everything, mm-hmm. you know. So if I don't know that, I'm not going to judge him on it. But it was just, so it becomes kind of that that what if, like he could have gone this route and maybe this would have happened. Or if this is what they were trying to do, he should have done this. That would have led to this. Okay. So that's why I just I just. And then obviously you watch UFC. We go to a bar and you see all the you hear all the the comments and you know they start. 
working up against the fence and people are like oh this is boring <laughs> or they're on the ground it's like this is, they're just hugging nice. each other it's like so you can just tell that they've never done anything like that that makes sense you you don't engage in point, pointless conversations mm-hmm. that's what it is mm-hmm. everything's with purpose everything's with purpose yeah, yeah and it's the same thing with with wrestling because we ran into the one wrestling guy mm-hmm. over there and you know it's just i like wrestling but I'm not into it as much as he is. So yeah. it's hard for me to engage in conversation because it's like, I I have no opinion. I just, I'm so fascinated with the business side. I, you know, it's been over two years since I went to a WWE event. And this was the biggest event that I had ever gone to because there's, what is it, I think like 52,000 people yeah, in there. Yeah, like roughly 52. You know, so to just feel the, the energy of the yeah. crowd again. Like, it's like That was fucking awesome. I, that, I, that's what I enjoy about going to the wrestling events. You know, because I'm not spending thousands of dollars to sit close to the ring at these things because yeah. I think the front row tickets for SummerSlam were going for like five grand or something oh my per God. ticket. Oh, my God. You know, so I was like, we're getting the $75 tickets <laughs> and we're sitting up top. Yeah. You know, but it was just, it's hard to see certain things. Like, I watched a show back on, you know, on, on, the, on the app um, mm-hmm. when we got back because I thought Goldberg legitimately got hurt. And yeah. I was telling you, I was like, I don't know. I think, I think He's that guy hurt. really got hurt because okay. I didn't see anything and he just starts limping around. Mm-hmm. But then when I watched it back on the app, you know, the guy outside hit him with the cane and even he had a delayed reaction with it and stuff but you can't see those things you can't see those things from way up there but it was just feeling the energy of the crowd and you know the you can feel the the energy when the wrestlers walk out and the Mm -hmm. fans get excited we saw brock lesnar come back becky lynch come back and the fans just got so pumped with that and that's what i like i like feeling that the energy and i didn't i don't understand until i felt it Mm -hmm. yeah i was like oh i don't know who they are but this is cool yeah i remember when you were telling me that people were like recording and i don't know who the fuck they were so then i just took hey, my just, phone. You just busted. <laughs> what are we what are we recording <laughs> what <are> we recording? <laughs> it was cool though like it was really cool mm-hmm. i i did like i i liked the last three with john cena what was the other guy uh it was john cena versus roman reigns in the roman main reigns. event yeah it's because he was funny i like i like when matches are funny they mm-hmm. have the comedy and then they instill that like drama, mm-hmm. and I think that something bad's gonna happen, or they're gonna get tapped, or or is that what they said? Pinned. Yeah. They're pinned or pinned. tapped? I mean, they have both. So. Right, pinned or tapped, and I was like, oh, I like this. This is nice. <laughs> it was really, it was really, it was a great time. Yeah, and then yeah. we talked a little bit after the shows that yeah. you can tell the difference between WWE and and Zello. You know, Zello yeah. is still very much professional wrestling, and you can kind of see where mm-hmm. WWE's got the the entertainment and the theater and the drama side of things a yeah. little bit more. They do like a lot more pauses, like to make that suspense, mm-hmm. you know, because they just do one thing. They say something, they talk shit to each other and then they just pause. Yeah. And then they make you all like you build up the tension. Right. And, all that stuff. Yeah. and like Zello Pro has that, but then a lot of it is more like on the athletic side. Mm-hmm. You know, you get to know the characters individually through their social medias. But then once you're there, it's kind of a little bit hard to tell what type of people they are. Yeah. Until you actually take the time to watch them. And but I, I guess that's over time, right? And I think that's the the advantage that WWE has because they have so yeah. many followers on, on social like, media yeah, and stuff. Sense. And, you know, and they get paid well enough that that's all that they have to focus on. A lot of the, you know, the independent wrestlers have to still, yeah. still have jobs and still have things yeah, to have put together and stuff, you know, so. Which also, in, in other words, like, it makes me, like, it, I think it's very humbling. Mm-hmm. You know, that they 
put so much work and effort to build a brand on social media and on top of that you know engage with their fans mm -hmm. and then learn the skills for wrestling and then perform and shit oh my god that's a lot of work you know and then guys with the wwe especially now that the you know we're we're post-pandemic era for them they're back on the road they're traveling yeah because um, they were in SummerSlam was that saturday in vegas and then mm -hmm. i think two days later they had a show i think they were in I forgot where they were. They're in like California or something, mm -hmm. you know. So they're they're back to traveling and they're doing all these shows. I think they do three or four shows a week, you know. So now they're they they're doing all that. They still have to work out. They still have to engage with the fans and social media. They still have to keep their practice in wrestling. And they, now they have to add travel time back into their schedule and stuff too. Damn. While maintaining families. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. You know, definitely so. a lot. So, what was your favorite part in like SummerSlam? Um, the, just the feeling the, my, my inner kid come out again, you know, there's yeah. a few moments cause you know, lately I, I watch wrestling the same way with MMA is like, mm -hmm. I'm critiquing, like I know how uh. to wrestle, but just comparing like the, you know, cause the nineties was the, the, the golden age of professional wrestling. Everybody was watching wrestling in the nineties and now yeah. it was almost like you watch professional wrestling. There's like a stigma to it now. You know, mm -hmm. so it's kind of comparing the stuff from the 90s into now. And there was a few elements of it in the 90s. Like when Edge made his entrance, he used his original song from the 90s and his old mm. entrance, the guy that came out of the fire and stuff. That was fucking badass. That I thought was, was crazy cool. Yeah. You know, and cheered like crazy. And then when Becky Lynch popped up, I was super excited too. Another person I didn't know. I'm sorry, but I didn't know. I was excited to see her. Yeah, she's a beautiful woman, though. <laughs> and she was very skillful. You know, and then Goldberg, I grew up watching. And this was the first time I actually got to watch him perform live and stuff, you know. So I was excited to see him. And then Brock Lesnar came back at the end. So that was... And we were walking out, you know, as soon as the, the Cena-Roman match ended. We're like, all right, let's go before the before traffic the crowd, gets yeah. crazy. And then Brock Lesnar's music hits. And I was like, oh, my God. And you're like, what, what, who what? is that? <laughs> I was like, it's Brock Lesnar. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. People got so, like, it was mm -hmm. crazy. They yep. just got crazy loud. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm scared. I don't know what it is, but it's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Brock Lesnar. You know, so. Such a badass too, man. And just the, knowing that it's scripted and knowing that everybody, everyone part of the show knows what's going on. But yeah. is I, I like when they can suspend belief, you know, and like it's like they did what we, they did with Goldberg. Granted, it's something I couldn't see, but it was like, mm. I know it's, you know, scripted, but it's like, I think that dude's legitimately hurt. Yeah. You know, he so. Yeah. He fooled. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's almost like I want to be fooled by them. I want yeah. them to, make to bring you believe, that yeah. kid and make me believe again. That's nice. That, that's all it is. And, It could be that also because you've taken so much time away from wrestling that now you, now that you're actually watching it again or like this time around you actually went to watch the show in person, you kind of value it more that, that, and like you enjoy the time more. That that tends to happen because uh, I, I stopped watching it like super closely a long time ago. I think it's been, I think like at least the very minimum 10 years since Damn. I stopped watching it. And following the like the stories and stuff. Like I always followed what was going on behind the scenes and stuff. Mm -hmm. The stories I fell off a long time ago. Yeah. You know, but I, I was always going to the shows live. I would go with Anton. I went with Carla a few times, and 
it was that it was just feeling the crowd makes made me excited again to watch it yeah you know so now going again after two years and now there's a even a bigger crowd because i've only gone gone to wwe here at the all-state arena mm-hmm. i think the all-state arena holds like eleven thousand people what the hell you really? know so go from eleven thousand people to fifty one thousand people and there's a big difference in energy there you know and i wasn't expecting to get as pumped because there's a part of me because we were at the pool the the Saturday, after yeah. yeah the afternoon before the show mm-hmm. and i was so relaxed that i was like uh, do i even want to go to SummerSlam? i was like i already yeah, bought the tickets so yeah really? yeah i was dragging i was like all right let's go <laughs> you know and then we Got get me. to the we get to the stadium and like the whole system's down so you, oh. you can't they were doing cashless because of covid you know so you can only pay with the card and all their systems went down so yeah. there's no drinks no snacks no merchandise you couldn't buy anything Damn. you know so i was like oh, what else is, you know? doesn't sound like yeah it's like interesting just, shit, i just stayed at the pool right <laughs> you know but then like you said the last three matches were, were definitely the the highlight of the show and stuff and then it was totally worth it from there and the show ended early enough that we were still able to enjoy vegas the rest of the night and stuff yeah i was just i was i mean as an audience and someone that doesn't really follow wrestling i was just super shocked at the passion that people have in the fans because the guys that were right, sitting right behind us they kept on they like were they, into were, it. <laughs> yeah, they were non-stop talking about it even yeah. the drunk guy that even after he got fucking, <laughs> he got thrown up he got thrown off and stuff he woke up and started chanting yeah and he was just like they were just so energized and pumped mm-hmm. for the show and, and i've always said that and and this is semi-biased but even with yeah. me not being fully part of that crowd because mm-hmm. you know i got up and cheered for a few mm-hmm. of them i for, i think becky you i did think it. when becky came out i even stood up mm-hmm. I, I stood up to for him john cena and brock lesnar mm-hmm. and goldberg yeah i remember yeah Good job, because I don't. <laughs> I remember. Because I was like, I don't know why I should be standing up, but I'm just going to stand up with everybody. So <laughs> I don't want to be that outsider and be like, I don't know the fuck I'm doing. And you definitely wouldn't be able to see if everyone's right. just standing over you. Yeah. You know, but um, I, I think wrestling fans are, are the most loyal and yeah. hardcore fans of all sports or entertainment. You know, they, they, they get into it and, you know... People were like, you know, it's fake, right? I was like, no shit, it's fake. It's like we we know we know what we're watching. We're not watching it because we're watching a competitive bout. Yeah. We're watching it because it entertains us, and we have a connection with these guys. Mm-hmm. There's this big thing right now because the Friday that we were there, CM Punk came back to wrestling in AEW, mm-hmm. and he's been gone from wrestling for seven years. Damn. You know, and one guy in the audience was crying when he came out. Yeah. And some fan, other fans were making fun of him what? and calling him names. And then CM Punk got online and said, if you're making fun of that guy for crying, you're making fun of me. Damn. Because he's crying for a reason. He's crying because I came back. And so if you don't think that's worthy of tears, he's like, I cried when, when the Cubs won the World Series. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's okay to cry. And I, they're actually, I don't yeah, know, I they like probably that. have by now, but they were going to track him down and bring him to the show to meet CM Punk and everything. Mm. You know, so the wrestling, the, the, the wrestling fans that have a passion for it and are part of that community yeah. look out for each other. Yeah. You know, and, and that's amazing to see. It's just sometimes it's like, man, I wish I was part of that because it's just, but it's just, I don't know what's going. I, I'm not there. I'm not, I, I don't have that same level of, of loyalty at of, this point. Like, yeah, you know, because yeah. that, or like passion, mm-hmm. I guess. 
It's, it's the passion. Right. It's, I, I think I have loads. I've been watching it for 22 yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. But you it's just it's the, the passion has definitely died down. It's, it's yeah. not something that, you know, if... Now you got a business to run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. If, if I was contemplating not going to SummerSlam to sit by the pool... Yeah. You know... That's how you know. That's how you know my passion is yeah. not at the same level as the, the the guys that were sitting behind us. I'm not going to lie. I think you were more... Because I, from seeing you how you were before SummerSlam compared to when I saw you before meeting The Undertaker, mm-hmm. you were more excited to watch, to see The Undertaker yeah. and, and than SummerSlam. And I was like, dude, this SummerSlam is fucking badass. There, there was a part of me that was hoping that Taker would show up, but... It's not gonna happen. Yeah. Nah, it's too much. Nah. It's a, it's a little tiny <laughs> bit of me. I was like, "Come on, just, nah. just one more time," Bro. you know. But yeah, and it's because I if if Goldberg wasn't there, I yeah. probably wouldn't have wanted to go. Because no. when, when Goldberg was announced, that was like, "All right, I'm going." Yeah, you know. But if he wasn't there, I probably wouldn't have wanted to go. No, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I, I enjoyed it though, my own life. Good. It's, it's always pressure to bring someone to a WWE event for the first time because you never know what you're going to get. Yeah, you know, but. that's true. I mean, and you did say I mean, to be my first one, at least I won a good one too. Yeah, and it, it was definitely a good show. There's yeah. some people talking crap about it, but it was, I thought it was entertaining. People have their views mm-hmm. on life and other things. So There's like, some people that think everything WWE does is horrible. So Don't get me wrong, they do some... Some questionable things, but not all of it's bad. I mean, that company, how long has it been out for? See, and this is a level of passion that's died down. I know a lot of shit. Yeah. I don't know exactly when the company started, but I yeah. do know it was Vince McMahon's grandfather that started it. So Vince is, he just turned 75, I think, last week. Damn. And he took over the company and... 1982 in the 80s, early 80s yeah. from his dad. So I think the company's been around since the 50s. Damn. It's a long And then it's gone through all these... That's how you know. It's like it's... It's, a it's definitely... Biggest company in the, the world. Yeah. 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 It's survived the test of time. It's the biggest wrestling company in the world. People can talk shit about it, but they're still watching because they're still a billion dollar company. Exactly. <clears throat> so... Yeah. But, yeah, that, I mean... The show got us there. We got it was the reason I wanted to go and just Vegas itself and all that is what made it worth it. Yeah, <laughs> no, I I agree one hundred percent. As in for me, I was just um, I was glad to go because first I've been wanting to go to Vegas since forever. Yeah, since I was twenty one. <clears throat> <laughs> so long ago. So long ago, because you know. <laughs> so I've been wanting to go to Vegas and just getting out of the. The routine. Yeah. The biggest thing for me was doing something different that was taking me out of my routine. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, like at some <clears> point, like you love what you do. But then once you do so much of it, sometimes you lose you lose the spark. You want to miss it again. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like having a relationship, you know. <laughs> you have that relationship. But then if you don't switch things up, things get boring, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like, yeah, I was like, I love what I do. I love what I'm like learning. I'm learning so much about the YouTube and, and MMA training and stuff. And I love it. But then sometimes it's just like you get stressed out you mm-hmm. know, with work and stuff. So I'm just like, uh, I want to do something different. Yeah. At least for myself, you know, and be proud of it, too. Because that was another thing for me that I was very proud to do something for myself without feeling like I need to do something for somebody else that I don't want to do. <clears throat> yeah. 
So And I think that that Friday we got there was definitely a lot of that. It was like, uh what are we supposed to do? Yeah. You know, and then you know, the the pandemic's still very much going. I think they did a good job of enforcing masks in certain places. Like they didn't yeah. let us in unless we were wearing the mask. That's crazy. Over the nose, Nene. And that fucking lady at the <laughs> fucking... What is it? The, the, <clears throat> what was it called? 24-7? 24-7, like those those convenience stores. Uh-huh. Trying to get a liquor. And then she wouldn't let me live. <laughs> she didn't let you drink your coffee. She didn't let me drink my coffee. And the but... guy didn't let me buy my tequila bottle. It <laughs> <laughs> was just a horrible convenience store. <laughs> like, guy, uh, you sure? Are you sure? You sure you? I don't know how much it costs. I was like, I don't care. Just, I'm gonna drink it anyway. Right. It's not here. I'm gonna spend eighty dollars on a freaking <laughs> shot down the street. So I'm just let me get the bottle. It's only two dollars. <laughs> yeah, but that's good though. I'm glad you did that for yourself. Like I said, the biggest thing for me is just seeing you work every freaking day. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Like I said, it was something that. I was hesitant to do, but then I did it, and now mm-hmm. I see the value in it. Cause you know, my dad always told me, you know, just a weekend getaway is all you need sometimes. Yeah. And I didn't believe him. It was like I can't travel like that because it takes me a day to get into vacation mode. It takes me a day to come out of it. I can't. A weekend is pointless. Mm. But no. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. It, it's very. Like I said, when I came back Tuesday, I, my body was still feeling it because I didn't sleep a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt relaxed. I felt mentally fresh to go back into teaching MMA again. I'm glad. So. And you still kept up like showing everybody on social media and all mm-hmm. what you were up to and stuff, which was nice too. You know, the, the biggest thing with Carla and I that we talked about yesterday was she was like, I don't know if you were safe, but then once you started posting, I knew you were safe. <laughs> they're so, alive because they're posting right. on Instagram. So I was like, okay, at least she wasn't checking up on me, you know, all mm-hmm. the time. Because I'm the youngest one in my family. So, yeah, you know, my sister holds a big responsibility mm-hmm. in that sense. You know, she feels like she needs to take care of me, but it's mm-hmm. like, um, no, you don't. And she gets it now. So I was like, yeah, I can hold my own. Barely. I can wipe my own ass. (laughs) (laughs) I can do it. (laughs) Very thankful for that one. Yeah, seriously. Right? I'm bougie. No. No, I'm not. I was going to say. No, I'm not. I see. I thought you you were not going to catch that. (laughs) You caught it. You looked bougie when I first met you. Oh, no. Not. Opposite of bougie. Bougie. We drank out of the same cups for three days. <laughs> we just rinsed them. We didn't even have soap to wash them fully. We went oh from drinking God. whiskey to Patron to Terramana in those cups. <laughs> and then what were the mixers? We had uh, ginger the, ale and then orange juice orange and juice. then the, mm. the fruit punch. Was it fruit punch? Yeah, it was fruit punch. That was delicious. So that cup had everything in it. <laughs> yeah. But definitely something worth doing. Yeah, it was, yeah. I see why people take vacations now. Yes. Not all the time. Yes. But when it's needed, definitely. See, that's a thing where I also had like a negative connotation, I guess you can say, when it comes to vacations. Because a lot of people live life to just do a vacation. Yeah. You know, We've talked like, about that so many times. It's remember, like, what, maybe what do you have to leave I, your life to, you know, if you're not enjoying what you do that you so desperately need a vacation Mm -hmm. like you're doing the wrong thing with your life but no 
that was stupid on my part for saying that. <laughs> because, you know, because exactly. we can love what we do, but we can still need a, want a vacation. Want a vacation, you know? And I think that's the difference between needing a vacation to getting away. Like you absolutely mm. need it, and just wanting to do something like that. I guess it just depends on like who says it or what type of people mm-hmm. say it. Because some people do say like, "Oh, I need a vacation. I need this. I need that." Mm-hmm. Do you though? Do you need? You know, it's just like okay, you live your life. You need a vacation all the time? No, you just want to be lazy. <laughs> just want to be lazy for be a week or a weekend. Yeah, I'm glad though that you're finding that balance between that and your lifestyle. See what That's works and what doesn't. A constant learning experience for me because it's always work, 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 and then your body doesn't feel like yeah. Because I've noticed that when I'm at the gym for seven straight days, mm-hmm. my body starts feeling like. Stop. Yeah. Don't do this anymore. You know, not like I'm going to get hurt or anything, but it's just lose motivation, you lose creativity, you lose inspiration, you lose purpose to want to be there. You know, so taking yourself out of it is definitely what makes you want to get back into it. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I didn't, I wasn't ready to leave Vegas, but it was like, it's, it's time to go home. Yeah. You know, and then once the plane landed back in Chicago, it was back in, yeah. all right, I got to unpack, I got to sleep, and I got classes to run tomorrow. Yeah. That's life. And I was like, all right, when's the next Vegas trip? Because <laughs> <laughs> I met a friend that told me that it's better to book it ahead of time, so it's cheaper. Yeah. Oh, Vegas. Oh, but. I will not miss the smell of the casino. <laughs> yeah. uh, liquor, smoke, and probably vomit. Ah, wakala. It's <laughs> disgusting. Yeah. We only gambled, what, $3? $3. That's it. That's it. Hey, good for us. Pat on the back. How much money do we spend on liquor, though? Oh, yeah. That's a different story. <laughs> At least you're not just pushing buttons and... and not getting anything back. Not At least we're getting back. a liquor back. Hey, you know, getting a nice buzz. <laughs> no. Yeah. One day I'll, I'll, I'll gather up the courage to play a poker at a table or something. But just the, the machines are just... Put your money in, you push a button, and it tells you that you lost. And sometimes it doesn't even tell you you lost. It just, mm-hmm. all right, that's it. No, thank you. Is that <laughs> why you did a gamble? Because you're like, oh, I don't trust myself. Because um, I thought you knew how to gamble. Or like, I know how to, how play, to play cards. cards. Yeah, yeah, it's just, again, it's my my stress in front of people. You know, you play if you're going to play cards, actual cards, you're playing in front of people. Really? Yeah, so it's like, uh, uh, like I... Even, okay, so even have... this is this is how my my stress with people comes. If I'm in line at Walgreens and I have a lot of stuff and there's something there's a line behind me, I feel like I need to get everything scanned as quickly as possible and paid so I can get out of there to keep the line moving. <laughs> you know, so if I'm gambling and I'm looking at my cards and I'm thinking it's like, should I fold? Should I bet? Should I raise? And then there's all these people that are just watching, waiting to see what I'm gonna do. I was like. It's too much pressure. It's too much pressure. <laughs> but you're okay with the pressure at the gym. Yeah, that's you're fine. okay with the pressure of all these guys or girls watching you teach yeah. them MMA so they can fight in life and in MMA. Yeah. But yet because you're uncomfortable in because front of I love that. That's that's what I love to do. That's where I feel comfortable. I'm in my element. I'm in my home doing that. Like if. If I start doing like seminars or if I get invited to, you know, be a special guest coach or something, I feel like I would have that 
that same nervousness. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's, it's different for me. It's different because that, that was one of the biggest things. None of my family saw me as an instructor. They're like, you get so uncomfortable in front of people. How are you going to stand in front of a class and, and teach? And the first time my parents came to watch me teach, they're like, all right, never mind. Right. <laughs> you know, because it's just... The, the sport changed my life so much and and I have that gratitude to the sport that I want to give it I want to give back to it that teaching and, and spreading the values of it is what kind of lowers my nervousness and just makes me feel real comfortable being up there and then obviously if there's people in the class that I know and that I'm comfortable with that mm-hmm. helps me have better classes and stuff yeah. um I'm a counter-striker in that sense, too, because students that ask me questions kind of... It forces me to not overthink things because it's just, all right, they need an answer, so I'm going to give them an answer. It's kind of like what we did with the podcast. Yeah. We like to be asked questions. Yes, because I'm counter-striker. So I need something to go off, to think like, all right, we're going to sit here. And I know I don't want to plan it because then it's going to sound like it's a scripted podcast. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know how to just start talking about something. (laughs) <laughs> Once you ask me a question, I'll talk forever. Um, but you but, won't initiate that. But I can't. I Can can't we talk about it. how it is so hard to start to to actually hang out with you because you're never. Well, I've asked. never hung out with myself, so no. But like this is gonna have to come from you <laughs> no, and your experience. Yeah. Well, well, from my experience, it's it's always been, well, me because I, growing up as the own, the youngest and being spoiled, <laughs> I get asked to do things. Yeah. Because I'm the youngest, so you want to do this, you want to do that. Yeah. And being a girl, yes, we have the... Privilege. Privilege, yes. Not all the time, because not all women can say that. <laughs> but I was one of those privileged individuals that I get asked out to go out, like, mm-hmm. just to go out and stuff. So I was like, ah, for me, it's like nothing, you know? I get asked. So but when it comes to you, you don't initiate that. Let's mm-hmm. hang out. No. You don't do that. No. Oh, let's go. Rejection is a bitch. I'm not. I don't like rejection either. Ah, okay. <laughs> Been rejected so many times in my life that it's like, no, thank you. So I see. This is where I was like, I got to understand you, like as a person, mm-hmm. just being friends with you. Because I'm like, why the fuck does he never want to hang out with me? <laughs> I Aww. thought. Hey. Wait, where's, where's the, the <laughs> womp, womp, womp. Oh, shut up! No, seriously, because it's like I don't know if he wants to hang out. I don't uh-huh. know if he. That stuff with the other people other than the gym. When I first met you, I thought that was only the only thing that you did. No. I was like, if I'm not at the gym, I'm in my room waiting for someone to text me. How <laughs> fucking texted <laughs> of you doing it? <laughs> I was like, yep, not busy. <laughs> not busy. <laughs> but then, it depends who it is. Because certain people are like, oh, man, I'm super busy today. <laughs> <laughs> my day is stacked. <laughs> <laughs> what you doing laying in bed? <laughs> <laughs> you interrupted my YouTube video for this. <laughs> Jesus. God. I'm stay in my mouth. Yep. Uh, no, but it, that, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, my. Because even yeah. with the Vegas thing, because, you know, I told you, you asked me when SummerSlam was, and you mm-hmm. asked me if I was going, and I was like, I'm going, it's this weekend. <laughs> and I and, pretty much invited and, myself. And then you're like, Oh, that's so cool. I want to go. I was like, uh-huh. I went about my life. And then you're like, I'm off that weekend. I was like, you are? Cool. Went about my life. 
then he like, can I go? I was like, oh, that's a good idea too. Right? <laughs> Motherfucker, you're not going to ask. Nope. That's all right. I invited myself and it was fun. <laughs> it was everything else is like, man, I want some tacos. And then he's like, you want to get tacos? I was like, okay, sure. Good idea. Or that when you're craving pizza, and I say, yeah, I want some pizza. I've been craving that the uh, whole me day. Me too. I already have it. It's ordered already. Just, <laughs> just say so. Just say, pay? Okay, pay. <laughs> Be ready in 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's I me. See. That's me. Don't let this tough exterior fool you. This tough? What you talking about? Tough. tough. Is, relax, relax. Uh, Mohawk's going to be gone in an hour. Are you gonna are you gonna shave your mohawk though for real? I don't know. We're not gonna say it on here because if I chicken out and not do it, then be be like, oh, you said it on the podcast. Well, now you're gonna pull that. Now I gotta do it. I mean, you've been saying it. You so even... my barber is going on vacation for a month, okay. starting on Wednesday. Okay, that's already in two days. It is. Yeah. So you fuck it up now. Might as well just have that, it that's fixed where it, I'm right? at. And then I said I'm not gonna be a thirty year old with a with a mohawk. You know, I'm revamping my look a little bit. What's the bit. other fighter's name? The UFC? F- Chuck Liddell. Chuck Liddell. As Isn't much he- as I like Chuck, the man fought way too long and has more brain damage than he yeah, should. Yeah, but he's older. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to... <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Okay, fine. You don't want to look, look like Chuck Liddell. <clears throat> you know, so we're revamping some stuff. Fresh look, you know? Fresh mm-hmm. look. Fresh. Stay tuned. And I'm going to try to do it myself. Cast. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we're going to record it too. Taz 2.0. <gasps> Taz the barber? No, it says mental. I'm going to do it myself. Oh, yeah. But I mean like your look. Well, yeah. Taz 2.0. Taz 2.0. It's going to be Taz 3.0 at this point. We don't want to yeah. relive my slicked back hair. And Ugh. Ew. No. No? Don't do that ever again in your life. You sure? Yeah. I thought about John Cena. I mean, Cena, if you want to be single for the rest of your life. John Cena pulled it off. Fantastically, I Jen Cena is a multi-millionaire <laughs> with a wrestling career and all of these things. And a rap album. And rap I, album. I can, I, can re- I can release a rap album. Stay tuned for that one, guys. Oh, well, there's a rap album now? Not a rap album. A rap song? But you're doing the rap part. <laughs> hey, I'm talking about the... What you talking about? Uh, no one's talking about me. Yeah, you gotta tease it a little bit, you know? Hey. Stay tuned. I don't know if YouTube, Patreon, one of those... Just, Follow both of them and you'll see what or we're TikTok. talking about. Oh, that TikTok. Oh, TikTok. Yeah. Nah. Nah. I don't care. Nah. Nah. I don't care. Nah. You Why are you, now you're getting shy now. Nah. 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 <laughs> it's alright. You became songwriters in Vegas too. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's good. <laughs> you guys are going to fucking love me. It's priceless, guys. It's priceless. But, yeah, we got stuff. We got coming up. We got busy people. We're busy people. That's mm-hmm. why we don't hang out with other people. Mm-hmm. We're busy. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we doing stuff over here. We're making moves. Making moves. Wish we were making dollars with those moves. But we're making moves. <laughs> okay. Hey, by the way, just to give myself a shot. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you know that one video that we did with Tickling Lily? Yeah. <laughs> it's got like 10,000 views on YouTube and TikTok. That sick world we live in with Jesus. sick people. <laughs> Wow, tickle fetish, huh? And to think, like when you posted that, like the tickle fight, I was like, man, yeah, I think she should change the title. She doesn't have that many subscribers right now. Uh, 
it shouldn't be a problem. And then when you came up to me like a week later, it's got a thousand views. I was like, oh, Nanny, sit down. There's something you need to know about your video. Yeah. I still think it's crazy. 